Welcome to episode two of The Elephant Outside of the Room. You'll have to forgive me. I wrote my notes for this episode earlier in the week and haven't had a chance to record until now. CNN held a town hall with John Kasich and Bernie Sanders this last week. It was supposed to be about health care and tax reform. Instead, they spent the entire debate talking about the firing of James Comey. If there should be a special prosecutor or investigation, and to what degree Donald Trump is competent or guilty, and even broaching the subject of whether or not impeachment is on the table regarding these offenses. Watching these two politicians speak gave me the feeling that this was the choice the U.S. citizens deserved during the last election. There was no name-calling, no attempts to discredit the other's reputation or personality. Both politicians agreed that they both wanted similar things for this country. They just disagreed about how to get there. But those moments that I enjoyed were scarce and crammed between talk of if Trump should be impeached yet, which is premature and annoying, and then asking them if they're going to run in 2020. Can we stop asking people about 2020 until at least after the midterms? You won't get a straight answer until then anyway. I don't think I'm alone in saying that I wanted wanted to see the debate about health care and tax reform. Kasich and Sanders are both smart political minds that have ideas that could be effective and not just sound good in a six-second soundbite. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait and to see how long I can go without talking directly about Donald Trump. He gets too much talk already, and there isn't anything that I need to add to the conversation. The dialogue in this country needs to be moved beyond the constant scandals and disappointments coming from the White House and back towards the issues. I know Sanders' dream is probably a single-payer health care system, but how does he see that functioning in the U.S.? I know Kasich isn't happy with the American Health Care Act that Paul Ryan pushed through the House but he is still a fairly conservative Republican. What is his take? I would like to hear these two defend their ideas to each other, and I believe they would do it in a mostly respectful way. I am not an expert on healthcare. Like most people, I don't think about it much other than when I have to sign up for it through my or my wife's employer or when I need it. I do know that Medicare is actually one of the most effective healthcare systems in the world in terms of how much it spends on administrative costs versus how much it actually spends on healthcare for patients, which makes me open to the ideas of expanding it. I think the Affordable Care Act is very flawed and has issues, but most of its unpopularity was due to its association with Barack Obama, but it did some things that were necessary, protecting those with pre-existing conditions and guaranteeing that health insurance will cover essential health benefits. There are 10 essential health benefits defined by the Affordable Care Act. They are ambulatory patient services, emergency services, hospitalization, pregnancy, maternity, and newborn care, mental health and substance abuse services, prescription drugs, rehabilitative services, think physical therapy, not drug rehab for that one, laboratory services, preventative and wellness services, pediatric services. Keep in mind that the insurance company still has options as to how they're going to cover these things, but they have to have some coverage. Before the Affordable Care Act, someone could go to the hospital in an ambulance, have life-saving emergency surgery, find out that the hospital visits weren't covered by their health insurance, or that the prescription drugs they need afterwards aren't covered. These things may not have been super common, but it was legal. If Trump care passes, states will be able to get waivers to make things like that legal again. But what the hell is the point of health insurance if it doesn't cover hospital visits? But you know what? I never checked to make sure hospital visits were covered by my insurance. And I bet a lot of people who got screwed over by policies like that didn't check either because health insurance is confusing. 
I just changed jobs, and separate from my healthcare election process was a spousal verification form that basically said if I had my wife on my company's health insurance, but she had the option to get health insurance through her job, which she does, I was charged an extra $100 a pay period, $100 in addition to the cost of her health insurance. I know that has nothing to do specifically with the American Healthcare Act or the Affordable Care Act, but my point is that healthcare is annoying and confusing. I almost overlooked that option before making my election because it wasn't even part of the election process. I could give or take the Obamacare mandates. You can restructure or completely destroy the Obamacare marketplace. The government can provide a public option or stay out of it. But what I do expect are some basic consumer protections, some guarantees that people won't get screwed over by huge corporations, and that sick people can afford the care they need. I believe the current Republican line is that they aren't removing the protections from the pre-existing conditions, which is technically true, but they are giving the states the option to opt out of the pre-existing condition regulations. So they aren't taking it away, and they are passing the buck, and I don't see the point in that. And they aren't even repealing Obamacare. They're passing the bill through reconciliation because the two parties can't get along enough to even try and fix health care. Reconciliation limits what they can change about the bill. A new health care bill would take 60 votes. They can reconcile the Affordable Care Act with 51. So they're defunding the parts they don't like and changing some rules around, giving the option to opt out. But the structure of Obamacare is staying. This is not a repeal and replace. This is a let's take a flawed bill and just make it worse. It's completely up in the air right now. So the Senate has to come up with their own version. And apparently they're starting from scratch, which they can't do much worse. But if the House's bill is, is any indication, I think America will have to put up with a worse health care system before we get a better one. To change subject, let's talk about Jeff Sessions a little bit. Jeff Sessions wants to throw the book at everyone. He directed federal prosecutors to pursue the maximum sentences whenever possible. This is a terrible idea. The power of sentencing is usually held by a judge. This type of an approach by the Justice Department would limit judges' ability to use their experience and more specific understanding of the case to best figure out how to sentence criminals. This isn't to say that some criminals do not deserve harsh sentences or that we shouldn't give out the maximum sentences sometimes. This is just to say that let a judge who is involved with that case and knows those specific understands universally applying one sentence to everybody is not an effective or fair way to dole out punishment. Both Republicans and Democrats are against this type of reform. We don't need to put more people, especially nonviolent offenders, in prison for longer. When you're talking about people getting 30, 40, 50 plus years for getting caught with a small amount of marijuana, this is discriminatory against those who get caught for things that so many people do and get away with. To quote Rand Paul's excellent statement on this, by design, mandatory sentencing laws take discretion away from judges so as to impose harsh sentences regardless of circumstances. Our prison population, meanwhile, has increased by over 700% since the 1980s, with, and 90% of them are nonviolent offenders. The cost of our prison system now approaches nearly $100 billion a year. It costs too much in both the impact on our people's lives and on our tax dollars. Later on, he says, the mandatory minimum sentencing has done so little to address the very real problem of drug abuse while it is doing great damage by destroying so many lives, and most Americans now realize it. 
Proposition 47 recently passed in California, and it has spurred a cultural change in the way that nonviolent drug offenders are treated, resulting in more than 13,000 fewer prisoners and a savings of $150 million, according to a Stanford Law School study. Pew Research found that 67% of Americans want drug offenders to get treatment, not prison, and over 60% want an end to mandatory minimum sentences. I urge the Attorney General to reconsider his actions, but even more importantly, I urge urge my colleagues to consider bipartisan legislation to fix this problem in the law where it should be handled. Congress can end this injustice, and I look forward to leading this fight for justice. I don't agree with Rand Paul on everything, but I do think he has a lot of good points there, and I do agree that any bill that can get bipartisan support, especially these days, should at least come to the floor for a vote. I don't think Jeff Sessions has an effective approach. I think it is socially, morally, and fiscally irresponsible. I think a move like this is about appearing different from the Obama administration rather than coming up with a strategy that would actually be effective. I could rant on criminal justice reform for a while longer, but let's leave it there for this episode. Thanks again for listening to The Elephant Outside of the Room.